Did you say anything funny in those five minutes? I was hilarious. It's time for the Art and Science Punks, the podcast where we talk about our lives as parents, partners, artists, coaches, and amateur scientists. As punks, we love to create, to explore, to fail, to learn, to listen to loud music, and to share it all with you. I'm one of your punks, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. Hi, I'm Rob Stenzinger. And with me every night is now like every night, every day, every day, moment. Every yep. <laughs> it's a good thing we uh, get along. It is, yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, with two, two kiddos and everything, there's a lot of... Um, uh, yeah, Togetherness? I mean, I am grateful that we practice a lot of things that we do. It's not like it goes perfect. And I'm, you know, this is like a, like an audio version of an Instagram post of like, look at this. <gasps> oh yeah. Perfect sandwich and the perfect family and a perfect whatever. I mean, it, there's, there's a lot of, you know, some chaotic and stressful times and all Tears. that. Yep, for sure. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm really grateful that, um, I guess we're navigating it together in a, you know, I guess doing the work, like, but we we have been so like think we we have decent enough relationships where it's like, you know, it's still work to work through problems that come up, frustrations, misunderstandings, uh, miscommunications, well, is, all that kind of stuff. Well, this is just completely unprecedented, right? For for I'm sure everyone listening as well. Day we, one hundred. Is it? Happy day one hundred. I was just gonna say we calculated the other day. And um, we were at day like 92, 93 when the kids and I sat down and did the math. So, yeah, we're at day 100. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 100 days together. I was telling the kids back when it was day 92, 93 that this was the longest period of time we have ever all been together without having people going to work and going to school and going to daycare because both the kids went to daycare. Mm -hmm. um, one went at eight weeks and one went at 10 weeks. And so even at birth, we weren't all together as much as we are now. Like, that's right. crazy unprecedented. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I certainly, you know, commenting about our overall... So we're based in the United States, specifically you know, in the, uh, you know, Twin Cities area of, of Minnesota. And, uh, you know, healthcare being what it is in the U.S., we don't, we don't prioritize a lot of that stuff. Not we, like you and I, like if it were up to Kate and I, <laughs> I think we would make some changes um, pretty quickly um, because, yeah, it would have been a lot pretty nice to, to have, not pretty nice, it would have been fantastic to start our some. lives as parents with a lot more than, you know, eight weeks. eight weeks. Some would say it would have been humane to have more than eight weeks um, before having to return to work, yeah. but it is what it is, say lovey, and so I guess now is our time. Um, mm -hmm. Although we're doing this while doing work and school and and and, yeah. Um, and you're right, Robbie. There's been a lot of ups and downs. There's been a lot of tears. There's been a lot of um, experiences for us to kind of work through, and um, some days better than others. But I think I don't know. Um, mostly we aim towards you know doing the most communication we can, and we talk about. Um, <laughs> But this is hard for everybody. I'm Why are you laughing at me? There's so many funny things. It's like there's uh, it's a double double edged circumstance where it's like you know training kids to uh, unpack their feelings oh, and Lord. stuff. It it's like any any tool can get used in 
different ways than you would have maybe intended or hoped it would get used, right? So sometimes the the kiddos are they're, they're talking about how they feel and saying, "Hey, wait, that, that, that this this I'm I'm now I'm frustrated," and but then taking a left turn into, um, and and that's why I don't like you anymore or whatever, right? <laughs> I mean, it's and so that's it's kind of funny, right? But they're working on it, and yeah. it's great. Yeah, their um, their skills are are still um, pretty new in some of those areas, and in other areas they're very advanced. And it, you're right, there are very humorous interactions that happen either between them or with that one of them and us. And uh, there's another one that's unscripted to share too. What's I, that? I just I wrote this in my journal like the other um, the other day in, in in the in the blur of time. Sure, the, right. <laughs> <laughs> it was sooner than ninety. But not as, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I, I wrote this in my journal that our six-year-old, um, so sometimes when I, I do this, I do the push-up thing with the, with the kids. Yeah. Right? So push-ups is like, they're, they are able to do push-ups and it's like a, it's a thoughtful communication, mind-body thing where I say if, um, you know, you don't have to do it, but like if you believe in, you know, wanting to become more skillful and all that, I'm going to request that you do push-ups from time to time when we've talked about a certain thing and it didn't happen or what have you, or, or it does happen. So it's like it's a, kind of an agreed upon <clears throat> consequence, and and that's probably too strong. It's of an a agreed word. upon consequence. I think that's actually pretty good. Okay. Because it's not, they don't have to, but I tell them why I want them to. Yeah. And and it does really help refocus them, and they have seen that. They have felt that if they're, um, I would say kind of disconnected or if they're um oh what's the word there's a word i'm doing the symbol with my hands but i can't it, think of the is word it that uh, the whole my whole brain child or something like that um, uh, yeah but there's situation. a word when you're um i want to say discombobulated but there's a um basically when you're, there's a real word for it you're stuck in your instinctual brain and that kind of thing i'll come up with it okay. um it's it's close it's similar to that but it's it's a much simpler word <laughs> i can't think of a very simple dysregulated? word dysregulated it's a little bit like dysregulation. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's maybe where I was headed. So if they're dysregulated, they have w- seen it work where they do, even if it's five push-ups, mm-hmm. and then boom, they can really focus on the task at I hand. I try to make it fun and, and switch it up, and right? It's not just whatever. and yeah. It's not just like the number goes up. It's like we'll, we'll get clever and say like, all right, do finger-tented push, push-ups or do um, try to do a clap push-up or hover, you know, whatever. Get low to the – anyway. Um <clears throat> What's funny is so our six-year-old kid, kiddo that that situation happened. I'm, I'm, I'm I, I remind when, especially when I, I take a break from it too. Like this isn't like a constant thing, it, whatever. But when it comes up, uh, they were getting you know get dysregulated in, and uh, I said, okay, um, I want you to know that I've I've provided feedback a bunch of times. It seems like you're not thinking thinking about what I asked you to think about. I want I'm going to ask you to do push-ups. If, you know, if we keep heading this way. And so we did. And, and I said, okay, so just give me five push-ups, but like, I want I want really deep, good push-ups, right? Just five. And I'll be darned <laughs> if, um, it was funny. I'm, I'm trying to be sensitive to pronouns or, you know, but whatever. Um, kiddos, she, she gets down to, and, and, and does freaking one-arm push-ups. She did, did one arm push-ups, and I was like, "That's so my kid," because she's like, "Oh yeah, that is hysterical." <laughs> and I like, I had to put that in the journal. I know it's a big that was a big side thing too, but like, I, so stuff like that happens too. That's hilarious. Just in the in the and all that's going on. So, I just I, I was stunned. 
And yeah, anyway, interesting times. That is, it is. And so that's kind of one of the um, really kind of cruel and amazing things. And then the other night at dinner, they announced that they wish that they didn't have sisters mm. to each other in the middle yep. of dinner. So, um, you know, um, there were cry- there was crying that happened also, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so For sure. Good days and bad. Um, but we're not going to just talk about that um, all night because um, I think that would maybe not be all that entertaining. I don't think so. I mean, it could be schadenfreude, like, hey, look at how hard parenting is for us, and then you can feel better about yourself. You know what? Now you said that. Now I'm going to say one more parenting thing because it was fascinating. I wasn't there, but again, the six-year-old asked you today, mm-hmm. is it difficult to parent us? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a fascinating question. Yeah. And then I said, uh, when she, she, then she was recounting because you apparently had had a long conversation. So then she went to tell me all of about it. Of course, I had a long answer. <laughs> it's complicated. But so then um, she wanted to tell me about it. She's like, I asked dad this, this question, mom. And so she was telling me about it. And so then I turned to her and I said, is it hard being our children? And both kids were like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So I think we're all feeling, you know, the challenge and the stress of, you know, having been um, home 100 days um, with each other pretty much nonstop. But you know what? We're going to stay home. Mm-hmm. We're going to stay home together. Yep. And if there's need, we, you know, going out for, you know, socially distanced walks. Yes, we wear masks. Go to, to get supplies when needed. We wear yes, masks. Yes, we wear masks. Yep. All that. Um, and yeah, you made some cool masks. We didn't really make that a, a topic. Oh, yeah. But I should put some pictures of um, those out some good iteration you, you you know you tried some things and made some adjustments over like five six iterations right i i took some tra- um, trial and error for sure so to find something comfortable and something that was adjustable and that would work yeah but uh made some masks um you know i gotta say um because you said i said oh i should put some pictures up hmm. i think i've done one maybe one social media post since in a hundred days. Yeah. I have not known what to say. Mm. I don't know what to say. I didn't know what to say about COVID when COVID started. I had a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety. And, you know, as Robbie mentioned, we're in, um, we're in the Minneapolis area and, um, with the murder of George Floyd and the, um, the the racial outcry that happened um, after that, I s- felt even more like I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I think we've only recorded one podcast in a hundred days. Yeah, I know. Then and we did we did the classic. We're back <laughs> or not? <laughs> wait, stuff got worse, but it didn't. It actually was like, hey, wait a minute. It prepared for our whole lives in in absorbing and noticing how the the incredible incredibly broken systems that um you know that 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 all of us are a part of right and so for us being you know caucasian and um you know but but caring and seeing the other sides of it and just not knowing what to do and all of a sudden this is an inflection point this is uh one of those it's it's a spark and a a movement that's happening right now so i think a lot of us are are a bit extra activated where we're like darn it i've been wanting to know what the heck to do and now i'm seeing better that you know it's it's the it's the combination of well all right what do i post or say because i want to do more listening and i also 
you know, have you have this um, this this conundrum, this sort of um, you know uh, paradox of if I learn and share posting, am I just being performative? But like, what's super awesome? I love when people um, clarify in certain things where I just kind of go, oh, right. Someone I've been following. Um, I've been following a variety of, of, of a fairly diverse group for a number of years, more and more over time. And, uh, you know, breaking out of, you know, bubbles and circles, but it's still a bubble, right? Um, can come back to that where like if, if you, you know, if, if looking in my feed, you would think universal in, uh, income, universal basic income and is, is like coming up. Racial justice is around the corner and Elizabeth Warren would have, would be our, <laughs> you know, like all these things are in my bubble that like, I'm like, yay, my bubble anyway, but jumping to the, this awesome thing someone posted and I, I don't remember their name, um, but someone who I recently followed on Instagram, they were like, um, yeah, posting, posting socially is performative. Yep. <laughs> and that's part of the point. And so I just, I don't know why, but like sometimes fear gets us stuck yeah. and it doesn't. Um, and in that stuck state, uh, I don't know. It's like you're making the kind of mistake and I'm making that kind of mistake where if you just stay stuck, there's no chance to make a better mistake. And Right. I mean, that's where the learning happens, right? The yeah. learning happens in the doing and not in, in, in the planning. The learning mm-hmm. happens... Um, there's a really cool metaphor I can hmm. I can share on that um, too. My challenge has been I I've lost my voice. I don't know what to say. Like hmm. it's not like I have six Instagram posts written in my head and I just haven't gotten them out. It's I got nothing, you know. And, and I think hmm. I too, like you say, I'm I'm very much in a listening mode. Um, I'm out there listening and looking and and learning and. Um, in my own life, having really uncomfortable conversations and having really challenging conversations intentionally, right, to to face some of the systemic racism that is in some of the areas in, in, that I see in my life, you know, um, looking at, we're having these conversations very intentionally in, my, in the organization I work in. Uh, and it's, it's hard work. Uh, but it's important. It's so important. It's it's the most important thing I think that we will do in in you know this decade. Um, but what I was gonna say the the metaphor I was I was thinking of and I had heard this and I I've been meaning and meaning for ages to go back and and hunt it down. So maybe I'll hunt it down and um, after the show and and we can have it in the show notes. But it was this metaphor around uh, NASA rockets mm-hmm. and how. Um, they build all these pieces and they build all these pieces and they build all these pieces and they put it all together. Um, but they can't test it. They don't know if it works until it launches. Hmm. And until you launch something, until you take the action, you don't know what works and what doesn't work and what's broken. Obviously, you know, my metaphor could fall apart. You're looking at me very skeptically. Um, but, I mean, if you think about it, like that's when you can tweak your instruments. That's when you can get the feedback that's when you can you know your your testing's only going to go so far then once you actually launch that's when you're really going to learn and it's similar to what you were saying about you know until you actually put something out there how are you going to learn or, or grow from it 
No, that is that is an excellent point. I do not want to take away from that. There's a whole thing in my a prior role I was in that we borrowed the whole text the the um, uh, technology readiness level system approach for for that NASA uses. Okay. But I, I think if summarizing it, it what you say is 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 totally it, that I think that works. I think it's a very useful metaphor. Um, well, thank you. Hey, what do you want to talk about tonight? Oh my gosh! Because uh, that was a really long to, intro. Yeah. Well, I. How about Minecraft? I love Minecraft. I I really like Minecraft. I didn't know I loved Minecraft though until very recently. And you know what? Hmm. Had we not been quarantined together, sheltering at home, if it, as it were, for the last hundred days, don't know that I would have learned that I love Minecraft. I don't. Yeah, me neither. I dabbled bunch of different times in minecraft i've been slapped around by little skeletons in survival mode a few times on friends servers and and gone like wow that's super hard i need to i I can grab a block of dirt and make a house oh boy that's not that fun (laughs) but it's interesting and so i get i really get into the whole um this is what i did with uh what do you call it um Blizzard's giant, uh, so yeah, uh, Doom, World of Minecraft, <laughs> Warcraft, Warcraft. Thank you. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I just date myself? No, it's funny. Um, no, it, uh, yeah, different company and yeah, different video game and stuff. But, um, uh, yeah, so what World of Warcraft I've never logged into ever. I love oh. video games, fascinated What's by the it, one but where I, you I always live vicariously. Um, I've I've built levels for Quake Two. Quake Two. Many that's years what I was. Ago. I was thinking of Quake. Yeah. When I said Doom, I meant Quake. Would that have been closer and less embarrassing? Well, it's no. It's fine. It's it's all good. I, I don't. I. You know, we have different interests. Nothing wrong with not being experts on all of our ins and outs of different interests. Carry on. Yeah. Minecraft. Yeah. So, um, but I. I find it fascinating. Anytime there's a sort of a game phenomena uh, that uh, phenomenon, not phenomena, phenomenon. What's the difference? Um, so fun, I think uh, phenomena is something like a UFO? one can observe in the. In the uh, it's 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 something that you can observe and um, state facts about, right? A phenomena. A phenomena. A phenomenon. <laughs> I think, which sounds a lot like the Muppet song. Um, I don't know that. Monomena. All right. Um, phenomenon is is uh, I think a, 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 a like a spectacular event or something like that. I don't know. I'm going off the cuff here. I did not look that up in the dictionary, so who knows? I'll publish a correction later, probably <laughs> or not. <clears throat> but um, we're so official. Uh, let's see. It's good to be you know attempt to to have rigor in our in our thinking process and thinking about our thinking. So, okay. Anyway, but I, I have a pattern of, of, you know, a video game gets popular and not all of them, I, you know, who has time, you know, the industry has gotten, you know, is, is mega giant at this point and you can't play all the games. So I find it fascinating to learn from people who love certain games and ask them questions, stuff like that. Minecraft, I basically got to firsthand of do a little bit of observing, logging into friend servers, but their style of playing, um, you know, didn't really have a lot of affordances for a casual person. <clears throat> so, you know, I mostly what? just learned by, by asking them questions about their adventures and what they built. And 
And what was that? What's that mode called? <sighs> survival. Survival. Or adventure. Adventure is different. So survival. I think the the structure of the world you can mine and find materials in survival, and but there's but there's mobs, there's monsters, right? But then in uh, adventure you can't sh- like change the world. So in adventure, someone because otherwise it's like if someone had a dungeon and there were little there was it was arranged in like sequence of harder and harder, right? And then there's treasure at the end or something. You could just dig a tunnel to the treasure. You'd <laughs> be like, thanks, I'm out. <clears throat> That wouldn't be as fun for the people that built it. I'm guessing, right? So that's probably why. So just for for the folks listening, I don't play either of those modes. Mm. I play creative. Creative. Where I don't have to work. (laughs) I just get to build. And I have unlimited unlimited diamond blocks. I got unlimited emerald blocks. You got all the blocks. If I want to make a tower out of emeralds just for the hell of it, I can do it. You don't have to find them. Just boom. I don't have to mine for them. They're just there in my inventory. <clears throat> I like it that way. Yeah, it, it's um, it's like having an infinite Lego set. But what's funny is um, playing together as a family in a world, now you have an infinite Lego set together. It's so cool. I mean, I'm just really glad that we've done this. So what happened was is the kids... Um, you know, our 10-year-old obviously got into Minecraft with friends and, and would do a little bit here and there, but didn't really, I don't feel like, got super into it until some of her older cousins taught her some tips and tricks. And I think that unlocked some doors um, to helping her understand kind of how the world worked. Mm-hmm. And so she was really into it. And then I think you put it on the Raspberry Pi that mm-hmm. the six-year-old has. Well, it, it, yeah, the... Um, the inst- the OS came with it, but yes, I, p- I pointed it out basically. I, it was one of my curiosity traps where I'm like, "Hey, it's a Raspberry Pi hooked up to a TV. Wonder what it, what it can do." Kind of thing. But and somehow she figured exploring. out to do all yep. sorts of things in Minecraft there. Yeah, like that was kind of crazy. So, absolutely. So, but then then I would say it became a uh, a, da- a a consistent dabbling game for our our eldest kiddo. And, and that was great. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, but then all of a sudden we had the realization that this might be good to play together. Let's well, see what happens. Somehow they accidentally ended up in the same world together. Yeah. Which we think was a glitch because we've never been, we, we weren't able to then replicate it. But they Pe- thought that piecing was Piecing together the cool. history. Oh, you figured it out? Piecing together My the history. My story is so much better when it's just like, we don't know what happened. Now you're going to say what happened. <laughs> Well, I do not want to be the middle-aged um, white guy going coming into any conversation. Are you going to mansplain well, it well, to me? Well, actually, or mansplaining. But I am a co-host on the podcast, so <laughs> it's a trap. And you did do like four days worth of research to get all this set up. But yeah, I mean, at different so points sharing, in time. Sharing some of the research. So um, wait a minute. It totally did. <laughs> it totally did work. <laughs> You didn't want to, um, what did you call it? Well, actually me. So uh-huh. you did, wait a minute. <laughs> Instead I have to share some, re- yeah, sure. Uh, I liked it. It was good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, some, some research because uh, starting Minecraft on the Raspberry Pi, starting Minecraft uh-huh. on an iOS device, they wouldn't see each other, right? Starting yep, Minecraft yep. on an iOS device, 
uh, a week or so after somehow the kids had it working peer to peer, right? Yep. Wouldn't work. Don't know why, right? So all I, I don't know the exact explanation for their thing they encountered, but I can tell you rewinding once upon a time, it did work. So there was, um, I forget what they called it, but the, the mobile pocket Minecraft pocket edition, right? Oh, it had all kinds of abilities and you could talk between that one and the one running on your PC or the raspberry Pi. They could go peer to peer. It was an open, free, easy thing, but that changed. Ah. So, um, I don't know the exact steps and, you know, I didn't, I'm not writing a, um, you know, a, let's say a 1400 word medium post on this, but, um, <laughs> <clears throat> but you know, one could do a bit more research to piece this together more accurately at some point. So Microsoft bought into Minecraft, right? And then there's sort of a fork in their universe that they have what they call now bedrock edition and they have Java edition. Oh, so the, these two worlds do not connect anymore. But so Java edition is like, oh, you can run that on your Mac or your PC or um, <clears throat> I think you can probably connect to the Raspberry Pi one because that's all part of that world of, you know, Java, the what they consider the that the Java editions are are allowed to see each other on a network and stuff like that without introducing Microsoft stuff like Microsoft's login, like an Xbox Live account. Um, and also for, let's see. So we found that in the end with an Xbox live account, mm -hmm. and if, if you set up yourself as a family for their, your Xbox live account as parents, and then you can have child Two, accounts, yep. but then of course they all have to have email addresses. So some hoops to consider jumping yep. through there. And, but you do that it's possible to configure the child accounts to be able to log in to Minecraft on their iOS devices, which actually would include any portable, any, so that, that includes, um, I think everything except Sony, right? Oh, okay. I think Sony is still like off in its own corner because, you know, the quirks of platforms not wanting to collaborate, right? hold their users on their own platform, stuff like that. But um, anyway, haven't fully explored that one, but did need to. Um, if, you, if you have the Microsoft account, I don't think you have to go to the next step that we went, right? The next step that we went was, so <clears throat> if, you want, if, if you and I or any combination of us and the kiddos, we all could just start Minecraft and then allow someone to join to us. To join now. us, yep. And we've done that. That works. But now what if, your device battery dies and you're the one who hosted the world and stuff like that. And that's happened. <laughs> and that <laughs> We've happened. done that. <laughs> so I did do the research. So it's like, if you're in the, the Java edition, you know, situation, you can get a free server from, I think it's like mojang.net or something, but like you can get that thing up and running on like a Linux machine or, or like an old, you know, laptop or something. And it's not bad, but your iOS devices aren't going to be able to connect to that. You can't have that on your network doing the job of, well, don't worry. You can go plug your device in or shut it off or whatever, and it's not oh, going to make yeah. The, yeah. So if you, if you want your world to persist, you're going to need to do the thing called realms. 
and you can do realms for Java edition. You can do realms for the plus or whatever. And the plus is the whole bedrock edition uh-huh. thing where it's like anything that almost every other platform is able to connect to that. So um, if you're on your Switch, if you're on your Xbox, if you're on your iOS device, Android device, all that stuff can, can, can log into something hosted at Realms, which you're basically saying, you know, here you go, host an instance of a Minecraft server for me for $8 a month. Nice. And that's what we've been doing. And so we have, as a family, anybody can go into that particular realm um, and kind of keep building and adding in that world. And again, it's creative, so there's no... Um, there's not battling going on. We're just building buildings and towers and sky ramps and boats and beaches. And mm-hmm. it's very funny. Um, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. And then the kids like to hatch animals. There's a lot of animals in this world <laughs> and the animals are starting to morph. I, there's some weird things happening. I'm not sure exactly how, how some of that's happening. We have cows that have mushrooms growing on their backs. And what is that a thing called? What's that called? Uh, oh, I can't remember it now. And the, the kids said it about 400 times today. A cow shroom? A mushroom? Mushroom. A mushroom. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, which I hadn't gotten to. I was I was busy. I'm curious about the mushroom, but like. Oh, and then you guys are all building these underground worlds. I haven't quite. So I'm still like the beginner and still the new person, but I do enjoy building houses or structures. Um, You're the first one who built a house in the in our world, but you did it in the middle of a forest. And, and then got lost, promptly got very, very, very lost. Which I had to turn on cheats. Because <laughs> in we order, were lost. Yeah, because I didn't want to trash the world or whatever, and, and we wanted to actually play together. So um, if you turn on cheats, you can you can do things like teleport characters next to other characters which is super handy because we Mm -hmm. were all lost in different parts of the world and then needed to get back that happened to me too like and then after that though after we all got lost once then i think we've been much better about we build a railroad track or a skyway Mm -hmm. wherever we're going so that you have a, a way to get back yeah it helps i mean so yeah we've we have sort of a fairly populated little area that that's been growing in um, what was something else I was curious about? I have uh, a question. Yeah. Do you know when, when did Minecraft launch? It's been, a, it's, it's over a decade old. Well, I mean, but I mean, I'll, I, I can tell you that, you know, my, the, uh, ugh, excuse me, you know, my nephews who are, you know, nine, 18 and 19, mm-hmm. they were big Minecraft players. So I would say it's probably longer ago than that, but yeah. It's for sure. It's, I would guess 15, 10 to 15 years old. Um, but who knows? Could be a little bit more than that. Um, hmm. Where do you find it out? I'm seeing the initial release date, May 17th, almost my birthday, 2009. So you huh. were spot on. That was 10 years ago. I think um, it had a know. really long beta, though. Right? It'd be Minecraft had been... Had had been out quite quite a while. I think even before that. Um, public alpha in two thousand and nine. The public alpha was huh. released on personal computers in two thousand nine. It was officially released in two thousand and eleven. Hmm. 
Okay. I am shocked. So it's just, just 11 years old. Interesting. There's 126 million monthly active users in 2020. Yeah. It's... Um, There's so, other people that play it too, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I am really curious about some, so we tried, so oh, let's see, if you do the realms thing, it's not just the, the free hosting. There's the, um, uh, basically what realms with the, the, just the eight bucks, you get access to sort of, um, content packs. Um, so I think our world has more tiny animals in it and stuff because we have, <gasps> yes. the tini- we're using the tiny footprints pack. And that might be why there's animals everywhere. Cause the kids really like to release baby foxes into my homes. I think there's also baby digital baby foxes making more. Um, well, no, digital adult foxes making more baby foxes. <laughs> there's a lot so. more modes than we talked about. Uh, now that I'm looking <clears throat> at this article, mm-hmm. survival mode, hardcore mode, creative, which we talked about, adventure, and spectator mode. Hmm. Multiplayer. Huh. Yeah. So it's um. It's an interesting sort of marketplace, too. Again, split into two different universes, the Java edition versus the Plus or Bedrock edition. And um, it's not easy to, like, find out what happened, right? If you're you're bumping into these things, it's not like someone has a simple article out there that says, oh, I think just so many people have lived through that change that it's like a collective memory. Oh, wow. And it's not even published for someone who is going through the b- process of, of becoming a new user, you know, now. So it, it took us a little bit more to get, get it all started out and figured out. But, you know, let us know what, what games have you been playing with your families and mm-hmm. what games have you been playing on your own and how are you doing in this um, unique time in history and this kind of, you know, we still, um, where we're at, we're still in the throes of the pandemic for mm-hmm. sure. And, um, so it's, it's been nice to have this as something the whole family has been kind of embracing and enjoying. And it's when the, the kids, I think, get most excited when all of us going together, they play too, like just either individually or on their own. Sometimes we'll go into the world, but those, those evenings or or afternoons when we say, Hey, let's all go in. Um, you know, they get really excited and they want to show you what they built and we're kind of flying around the world together and, and it's pretty cool. It's, yeah, it's, it's a really, uh, it's a pretty positive experience that, um, you know, it's, it, you know, creative expression, uh, construction. And if you want the, to sprinkle in the adventure stuff, that I mean, that's there for you too. Yeah. It doesn't have to just be infinite emerald blocks. Well, which I think, um, you know, the kids do, they do some of those other modes as well. And I, th- I know you do as well. I just am staying in my creative mode right now. Mm. I've I've had a lot of fun in the creative mode yeah. too. So I nothing wrong with that in my opinion. But all right, so um that open invite to to reach out to us. Uh I would love to hear from from everyone as well. But I think well, Minecraft is a solid topic. We might revisit again, but we also have picks, right? I do have a pick. Nice. Do you have what kind of pick? I have a science pick tonight. Mm-hmm. Should I go first? Yeah. All right. So I have a science pick I'm kind of excited about, which is cool because I'm almost always excited about my science picks. Um, we just over this weekend um, celebrated the, the summer solstice here um, where we are at. Um, and, you know, 
the solstice is one of those really kind of cool things. So we have always had a big celebration every year for the winter solstice. And I know we've done podcasts about it, but it's something that we really celebrate as a family. It's what we use. We do Yule. Um, our winter solstice is our winter holiday. And so um, for the last several years, we've been also studying celebrating the summer solstice. And it's been a lot of fun to kind of bring that summer solstice in. And for us, you know, it's the longest day of the year, the most daylight that we have. You know, it's really a celebration of the sun. But one of the things that I was learning about this year, and I'm kind of excited to share with the family, is, you know, there are many sites around the world that ancient sites that were built um, that really mark both solstices and, and in some cases the equinox as well. And so I just wanted to share a few of those. Um, people obviously have probably heard of Stonehenge, right? So Stonehenge is one of the most fa famous um, and there's always big celebrations for both the winter solstice and the summer solstice at Stonehenge. Um, and the sun hits, you know, um, that one of the stones just kind of right exactly, just really truly marks that space in the, in this, um, where the sun is shining in the sky. Um, it's interesting because of COVID-19, um, this is the first year, and I didn't know this, um, so we didn't watch, but I'm sure I can find it. Um, this is the first year that they actually, um, did like a video webcast from Stonehenge because mm. again of social distancing and not wanting all of the people there. Um, so they did Solstice 2020 live. Um, but Machu Picchu, um, there is a structure um, up high in Machu Picchu that also, um, you know, uh, the sun hits on the solstice on both solstices right exactly on top of that stone. So again, these ancient civilizations living what I have to imagine is a much slower kind of time and culture, but building these beautiful structures that perfectly align with the sun on, and on this, on this one particular day, um, I think it's just really cool. Um, Chichen Itza um, in Mexico, the Mayans, they built that pyramid around 1000 AD. And again, the sun's light where it hits signals the beginnings of the season. So again, the equinox and the solstice. Um, there's in New Mexico, there's a, also a place called Chaco Canyon that I'm not real familiar with, but I've um, been just kind of reading about and learning about. And again, there is some um, ancient carvings there that also mark the solstices. Um, so there's a lot of really kind of cool ways and we'll link to a couple of articles that talk about you know I think there's a lot of articles talk about these five different um, places and some of them have found even more and I had heard um, even more recently that there was a place in um, I want to say Alberta Canada that's recently been discovered that was mm. kind of buried and as they're kind of unearthing these um, ancient ruins they're seeing some of the same kind of markings and some of the same kind of um, alignment that's really cool. Yeah. So that's my science pick. It's kind of like ancient, I don't know, sites that have to do with the solstice that were still, and we just recently celebrated over the weekend. That's pretty cool. Um, I, I think, <laughs> I don't know, obviously these sites are pretty um, stunning and of a of a scale and effort that far uh, surpass like a Minecraft um, effort, but what's funny is I I thinking back like even us being lost and trying to figure out like we would talk about because we could 
we, we would would. Really talk about like, hey, uh, do you see the moon where you're at? <laughs> Where's yeah, the moon? Which which direction? Which is direction? The moon? Yep, or the sun, and um, and sometimes you know, we would try to get unlost using yeah. that. The sun is setting. Everybody go is, towards the setting sun. Yep, a far simplified version of of what these folks were. Now I know about. what I'm going to build in in uh, Minecraft next. Ah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. A lot cooler than uh, my goofy glass heart I made. I like your glass heart stash <laughs> sculpture. I want to make some more sculptures, but now, yeah, that, that's a good idea to make it themed based on the Minecraft celestial yeah. stuff. Okay. Awesome. That's a really cool pick. So, I don't know. Like, what I have is a lot simpler, and it's a, it's an art pick. Something that is a creative tool that you can use to draw stuff with folks who are spread around the planet. And um, let's see, I'm working on pulling up the window here. It's it's a um, it's a web app <laughs> with um, I don't know. I guess it's called Aboard. Aboard. Is it called Aboard or Aboard or? Ah, oh, bored. I'm not sure. I like that last one. But it's spelled uh, A-W-W and not bored, but it's A-W-W-app.com. And what's cool is you can just sort of go to this and then invite other people but that they can show up on this same thing. And um, it's it's a... Uh, uh, and all of a sudden, you and some other people are drawing on the screen. And so oh, it's meant cool. to be a, like a remote you know, dry erase board, whiteboard kind of thing. And um, you've got your basic tools, the, you know, pencil, and you can set, set the color and set the thickness. Um, but there's also the, um, like, the eraser tool is is worth mentioning that you can do just a, so when you erase, you can you can get rid of a portion of a line if you're using the regular eraser, but it has this other kind of eraser that I like a lot that reminds me, of the eraser from Clip Studio Paint, and they call it the Element Eraser. And what that does is, um, when you draw a line that, and, and then pick up your your pencil, uh, the Element Eraser will, if you touch any part of that line, boom, it gets rid of the whole thing, right? Question. Yeah. If you and I are together in here drawing, can you erase my stuff? I haven't tested that, but probably yeah. Like so. You know, you don't invite bad actors to your board. Six-year-old like. children. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a that's a that's a chance to talk with one another to say let's let's not hurt, harm each other's artwork. Let's try to if we want to, for you know, try to get agreement if you want to build off of each other's artwork and yeah. if if or just keep a separate space where you're drawing side by side. So that's a good point, though. All right. So awwapp.com. Nice. That's my art pick. I like it. That's fantastic. Thanks. That's kind of a fun drawing thing. We should do some collaborative drawing. <clears throat> well, yeah, we should. I, that's a really good idea, um, which I learned about this tool, by the way, from uh, Jersey Drozd, who is the co-host of leanintoart.com. And we actually used this tool in the uh, recent episode of the podcast that we do at leanintoart.com. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for today. Um, thank you for listening and for being part of our art and science punks community. Um, I would say there's lots of ways to connect with us, but as I also mentioned in this 
um, episode. I have not been out on social media in like a hundred days. Um, so sorry for that. I'm going to try and do better and get out there. Have you not been out there? Or have you? I haven't posted. Post? Okay, gotcha. No, like, of course. We've both been doom scrolling. Oh yeah. Off and on. It's it's yeah no I will not hmm. show you my daily intake of social stuff, um, but there's also a lot of hope and a lot of beauty out there mm. also. So mm -hmm. people please keep sharing the beautiful art and the the hopeful thoughts and comments. And um, like I said, I'm going to try and dust myself off and get back on and um, do more of that. Um, you can find our workshops and coaching information. You can find my workshops and coaching information at mycoachkate.com. Well, and you can find my workshops, games, and coaching information at robstenziger.com. Art and Science Class can be found on both Twitter and Instagram, and I can be found on Instagram and Twitter as Kate Stenzinger. And I'm out in the social spaces as Rob Stenzinger. Hooray! Keep building, making, and sharing! Good job. Thank you. Good to be back. Any other feelings as we shut down this equipment? And Everybody be good to each other. <laughs>